What's happening in the world? Coming up on NTD News, first our top stories. A strike never seen before in U.S. history. The United Auto Workers Union is on strike against General Motors, Ford and Stellantis all at the same time. What's the impact? President Biden praising the economy in a speech last night, although polls show most Americans disapprove of his economic record. This also comes amid the indictment of Hunter Biden. A medical kidnapping trial is starting in Florida. Why was a 10-year-old held in a hospital against her parents' wishes? TikTok has fined $370 million for violating child data privacy laws in the EU and could face more penalties. And a Chinese defense minister, unseen in public for weeks, is now reportedly under investigation for corruption. He was leading a team procuring weapons. Welcome to NTD News Today. I'm Chris Beers. Our top news, the United Auto Workers Union launched simultaneous strikes at three auto factories, kicking off the most ambitious industrial labor action in the U.S. in decades. I've been at Ford for three years. I'm just a line worker on the frame line, um, building three, four, five hundred cars every day for the last three years. It feels good that we're actually out here standing up for what we deserve. It, it's hard. This is not something that everybody wants to do. I don't think anybody wants to do this, but this is what we have to do, so this is what we're going to do. The strikes target factories owned by General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler parent Stellantis. About 13,000 workers walked off the job. The Detroit walkouts will halt production of the Ford Bronco, Jeep Wrangler, and Chevy Colorado and other popular models. It's the first time the union targeted all three automakers at once. UAW President Sean Fain says the union will not yet engage in more costly company-wide strikes, but that all options are open if new contracts are not agreed on. A full strike could involve all 146,000 union members. Fain laid out plans for the walkouts on Facebook Live less than two hours before the expiration of the old contract. Here with me live to discuss this unprecedented strike is NTD Business's Don Ma. Don, what's the scope of the strike right now? Right. Uh, so the workers walked out on three plants, uh, as you mentioned earlier. So one each from the three big automakers. Um, in, in the GM factory, that's in uh, Missouri, about 3,600 UAW members went on strike. Um, and about 3,300 for Ford's Michigan plant and about uh, 5,800 for Stellantis uh, in Ohio. And the, the walkout will halt, halt production, uh, as you already mentioned, uh, Ford Bronco, Jeep Wrangler, and uh, Chevrolet uh, Colorado pickup trucks. Um, that's a, alongside other popular models as well. Um, of course, uh, this comes after automakers did not accept uh, the union's uh, very ambitious demands for increased wages. Uh, the automakers all offered the union double-digit pay hikes, but you know, I guess it was not enough for the union, Chris. What's the carmaker's reaction to this been? Well, GM CEO told CNBC that, um, of course, they want to continue negotiating, uh, you know, talk through the issues, and they're working towards that. Stellantis says that they're actually extremely disappointed uh, by the UAW le leadership, and Ford said the union has barely budged uh, from their initial contract demands. Um, and, and by the way, Chris, it seems like uh, the plants were 
chosen very carefully uh, by the UAW, and uh, it seems like they've thought this through. This is a strategy that will ensure a large number of suppliers and dealers are affected, while at the same time reducing the number of UAW workers that are on strike and receiving strike pay. Um, yeah. Don, who is going to feel the pain the most with this? I mean, what's the damage going to look like? Uh, so yeah, uh, more than 12,000 uh, auto workers walked out on the job, as you mentioned earlier. Um, it could slow the U.S. economy a bit if it drags on. Uh, probably the most immediate risk is to the auto sector itself. And according to some estimates, uh, the U.S. economy would suffer uh, somewhere around a 0.2% decrease in GDP this quarter, um, should the strike last for around a month. But here's the good news, Chris. Uh, it would not probably be large enough to uh, tip the economy into recession. 0.2% uh, is just a tiny bit. Um, but let's talk about the impacts on the UAW workers as well. A week's long strike would, uh, would hit workers who live paycheck to paycheck. The union has about $825 million in its strike fund. But the automakers, on the other hand, have much more in cash and weeks of inventory they can run down. So the automakers actually have uh, billions in cash to withstand the walkout. So we'll see how it turns out. And by the way, President Biden will actually deliver remarks on the contract negotiations uh, between the two parties, and that's going to take place very soon. All right, thank you very much, Don. Thank you, Chris. House Democrats joined forces with Republicans yesterday to fight off electric vehicle mandates. The Preserving Choice in Vehicle Purchases Act received approval from the House with 214 Republicans and eight Democrats supporting it. The bill was sponsored by Congressman John Joyce and backed by the energy industry. It argues that EV mandates could harm the economy and limit consumer choice. The bill prevents the EPA from approving efforts by states to ban or restrict internal combustion engine vehicles. The legislation was triggered by a California Air Quality Board's decision to pretty much ban gasoline-powered vehicles by 2035. President Biden is praising Bidenomics amid his son being indicted in a possible government shutdown. Here's what Biden says about the economy while dealing with a possible impeachment inquiry against him and more. President Biden in Maryland on Thursday once again touting his economic agenda by taking jabs at Republicans and his predecessor. The country should know the facts. They should know the choice between Bidenomics and Maganomics. Under their plan, the top 1%, one-tenth of 1% of households that make over $4 million a year are going to get another tax cut worth more than two times what the typical American family makes in a single year. The term Maganomics was first introduced under the Trump administration. Its main goal was to sustain economic growth by cutting taxes and regulations. Biden's speech comes as Congress is once again facing a government shutdown. That's if no deal is made by the end of this month. We're going to get this done. Nobody wins in a government shutdown. President Biden accuses MAGA Republicans of not accepting current budget deals. And now they're turning their backs on the bipartisan budget deal. Senator Speaker McCarthy made, me, made with me just a few months ago. Many Republicans didn't agree with the budget deal in question when it was passed a few months ago. They say spending should be lower. 
Just a few hours before the president's speech, federal prosecutors announced the indictment of Hunter Biden on gun-related charges. The White House declined to comment on the indictment. This comes after Speaker McCarthy on Tuesday announced the House would open an impeachment inquiry into the president due to his foreign business dealings. Biden ignored questions about the impeachment inquiry after his Thursday speech. On Wednesday, he said, everybody always asks about impeachment. I get up every day, not a joke, not focused on impeachment. I've got a job to do. Public disapproval of Biden's economic record is now standing at 63 percent in a Wall Street Journal poll. It's unclear how the impeachment inquiry will impact President Biden's approval ratings in the coming months. RFK Jr. says the Democratic primaries are rigged. This as the Democratic National Committee rearranges the primary calendar. They're pushing to move South Carolina, a state Biden won in 2020, ahead of Iowa and New Hampshire, two states he lost. Here's Epic Times reporter Jeff Lauterbach, who's been following RFK Jr. on the campaign trail. Jeff Lauterbach, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me again. The DNC chose to give New Hampshire another deadline extension to choose a primary date, this after pushing South Carolina ahead of New Hampshire in the primary calendar. How does all this affect the RFK Jr. campaign? Well, it's interesting because um, I've been on the road with him the last week covering the town hall tour in New Hampshire. And, and at each stop, he talked about how he believes that the primary, he's being upfront, he believes that the Democratic Party rigs the primaries, and those are his words. He, he believes that they are intentionally trying to sway things in President Biden's favor to make it really difficult for anyone but President Biden to win the delegates. So that's the purpose of what happened here. It's interesting because on the road, I travel and cover these town halls, but I ended up here in Washington from New Hampshire to cover the DNC meeting where they voted uh, on delegate plans. Now, you just mentioned how RFK Jr. is saying the DNC is rigging the primaries. The Wall Street Journal is also saying this. What are people saying to back these claims up? Well, and it's the Democratic National Committee. They, uh, back earlier this year, they voted to give full support to President Biden. And also, that's when they decided to move New Hampshire and Iowa off the first in the nation primary status. Actually, Iowa has a caucus and New Hampshire has a primary. They traditionally have been the leadoff uh, primary and caucus. They re replaced it with South Carolina. And interestingly, uh, President Biden, when he was not president, running against President Trump, lost decisively in Iowa and New Hampshire and he won decisively in South Carolina. So that's that's one point that uh, RFK Jr. makes that, you know, they they swayed it in his favor that way. And now they're trying to make it where delegates aren't counted and uh, states will be penalized and lose delegates if anyone but President Biden wins that state. And a CNN poll shows two-thirds of Democratic-leaning voters think the DNC should not nominate Biden. Given this, why are they still pushing for him? That's the uh, million-dollar question. It's uh, What's interesting, though, is you see the uh, mainstream, the legacy media starting to 
push a narrative about against Biden where they uh, questioning Biden, where as they used to uh, be in Biden's corner. And that follows what the Democratic Party. You're starting to see some people within the Democratic Party. They're concerned about President Biden. Um, they don't want him on the same debate stage with uh, RFK Jr. because they know that would be a disaster. They there's starting to be questions of whether he has the mental fitness to serve another term and whether they'd be better suited with um, Vice President Harris or we always hear about Gavin Newsom getting in. But it's never, let's turn it to RFK Jr., even though it appears that he's someone, he has a lot of former Trump supporters supporting him. So, you know, it seems like he would be someone who could beat Trump. Well, thank you so much for that, Epic Times reporter Jeff Lauterbach. Thank you. CNN reports no clear leader in a potential rematch between former President Trump and President Biden. And poll results are worrying the Biden campaign. CNN reported the Biden campaign is pointing fingers at the media for his position in the polls. They say the coverage is focusing on Biden's age and allegations of corruption involving his son Hunter. According to CNN, Biden aides say big-name Democratic donors appear to be holding back from contributing to the Biden campaign, at least for now. The report follows a recent White House directive urging media outlets to examine Republicans about their announced impeachment inquiry into President Biden. After the break, Republican lawmakers want penalties for people using AI to make child sex abuse materials. They're asking why the Justice Department is not prosecuting these cases. Does the CCP's reach extend to Oklahoma schools? An Oklahoma official discusses the dangers of sabotaging American education. Welcome back. Medical kidnapping on trial, a court case that deals with parents' rights to make medical decisions for their children, kicks off in Florida this week. The parents of Maya Kowalski are suing Johns Hopkins Hospital for $220 million after the hospital took custody of their child, eventually leading to her mother committing suicide. We hear what happened and the latest on the lawsuit from Epic Times reporter Darlene Sanchez. Darlene Sanchez, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. First, explain what happened to Maya and her family. Well, this story got started um, back in really in 2016. Maya had some uh, medical conditions and uh, she ended up going into um, the hospital. And what the hospital wasn't very familiar with apparently was um, her syndrome, which has to do with uh, pain. And it's a very uh, rare syndrome. And so when she went into the hospital for, um, you know, for pain for her stomach, um, she actually never came out of that hospital for another, I guess, about uh, two and a half months uh, because, you know, her parents uh, then talked to the medical staff about the condition and asked for certain things, which made the, the staff suspicious. And uh, they called CPS, or Children's Protective Services, in that state. The hospital called CPS? Yes. 
and that was that has been labeled as medical kidnapping. Can you explain why or how a little bit more? Yes. So medical kidnapping is what people refer to when a child um, goes into hospital and um, the hospital suspects um, medical child abuse. Um, a lot of times it's tied in with Munchausen by proxy. Um, that's a, a rare mental disorder for usually a, uh, a, a female caregiver that makes up things about the, you know, their ward, their their person that they're caring for. And the state will then, the if the hospital suspects that, they will call CPS or Children's Protective Services. And a lot of times then it will end up going into, you know, court. And the judge will a lot of times, if the patient is, is still ill and cannot leave, will basically make the patient stay in the hospital until the situation is resolved. Now, there's a court case uh, kicking off this week surrounding what happened to the Kowalski family. Can you give us an update about, the ca about that case? Yes. So this case was based on a, a documentary on Netflix called Take Care of Maya. And it concerned, you know, this whole case. It went through the entire thing of, you know, what happened with this family. And um, so yesterday they began jury selection on the case. It will probably end up um, starting actually um, probably next week or the week after from what the attorneys uh, with the defense have told me. And what's the defense's argument here? The defense says that Maya was basically um, held against uh, her family's wishes. And the, the really the, the worst tragic part of this case was her mother, who was a registered nurse and was trying to explain to the, you know, to the doctors there at the hospital about what was happening. Um, she became so um, that she took her own life. And so Maya was released from the hospital after her mother died. And that's basically the, the gist of this lawsuit, that they imprisoned this child against their parents' wishes and that it cost the mother her life. Darlene Sanchez, Epic Times reporter, thank you so much. Thank you. A group of House Republicans pushing for action on AI-generated child sex abuse content. Congressman Bob Good sent a letter to the U.S. Attorney General. He wrote, there were many reports of widespread AI use for generating child pornography. He said 80% of users of one dark web forum used AI to generate this kind of material. The DOJ considers this illegal and multiple federal courts have agreed, and yet the DOJ hasn't prosecuted any cases of it. The letter says the first reports of AI being used in this way surfaced in 2019 and that by July 2020, an AI application had already been used to target over 100,000 minors by generating an explicit image of them from a photograph. Congressman Good and 27 other representatives want the DOJ to step up. A Justice Department spokesman did not respond to a request for comments. A CCP-controlled Confucius classroom operating inside an Oklahoma high school. NTD's Daniel Monahan has more on that and other ills that Oklahoma Superintendent Ryan Walters says are sabotaging American education. 
Superintendent Ryan Walters was elected with the mission of upending a corrupted education system in a state ranking 49th out of 50 in academic achievement. Walters says they recently discovered that one of Oklahoma's largest and least successful school districts is taking money from the Chinese communist government. He says the money is for Confucius Institutes, which he says teach kids that the CCP is actually a very successful government. This is absolutely the Chinese party trying to undermine not only the view of America, it's communism's great, capitalism is bad, but it's also undermining our very institutions to try to talk about the Communist Party actually creating a valid government that actually benefits the Chinese people rather than our students should be hearing that capitalism is great. Walter says students should be learning about the principles in America that allowed the U.S. to be exceptional, not singing the praises of communism, which he says is what the curriculum does. They don't want you to talk about the authoritarianism. They don't want you to talk about Tiananmen Square. So it's really clear that these are the positive things. This is what we talk about. These are the things you don't talk about. So it's not only in indoctrination, it's censorship. It is a, hey, when you study our history, you're going to cover it only this way. Walters also discussed what he called left indoctrination at public schools, such as critical race theory. So when you tell a kid at a young age that because of their skin color they're a victim or they're an oppressor, first of all, you're creating division. Second of all, you're lowering expectations on them. You're literally telling a kid you can't be as successful because of the color of your skin. That is literally the antithesis of the principles America was founded on. Walters believes that school choice is a powerful remedy that could improve some of the cited issues. He says he's proud that Oklahoma passed school choice, meaning parents choose the school for their child. He says that empowers parents, but also creates a competitive environment for schools, pushing them to increase the quality of their curricula. Tulsa Public Schools denies taking money from the CCP. They called the program a Chinese-language professional development opportunity for a single teacher. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Google will have to fork over more than $93 million to the state of California. That's to settle allegations it collected and used consumers' location data without consent. California's attorney general says Google also agreed to follow strict rules to prevent future misconduct. The investigation found that Google misled users by promising not to track their location when they opted out, but continued to do so for its own commercial purposes. This action stemmed from a multi-year investigation by the California Department of Justice. It revealed that Google had been gathering and using location data for profiling and advertising purposes. The investigation also found that Google used location data to create behavioral profiles of users. The EU's top regulator has slapped TikTok with a $370 million fine. It's a penalty for breaching privacy laws regarding children's personal data. Ireland's Data Protection Commission found TikTok breached several EU privacy laws in 2020. This marked the first time the commission took action against the platform. The violations include automatically setting accounts of users under 16 to public and not confirming parent-guardian connections under the family pairing feature. TikTok disagreed with the decision, especially the size of the fine. It says that many of the criticisms were no longer relevant when the investigation started. The commission is also looking into whether TikTok sends users' personal data to China and if it complies with data protection laws when transferring personal data outside the EU. A school employee in Dayton, Ohio, hit a young, nonverbal autistic child on the head. 
knocking him to the floor, and it was all caught on camera. We want to warn you that some viewers may find this video disturbing. The incident happened on August 21st. The video shows the employee chasing the three-year-old down the hall and then hitting him in the head from behind, knocking him to the ground. The employee is then seen picking the child up by his ankles and carrying him down the hall. Officials say the employee has since been fired. The Montgomery County Prosecutor's Office says it is reviewing the case to determine if there will be any criminal charges. The attorney for the boy's parents says they are also considering legal action. Coming up, an unusual discovery at a toll booth in Mexico. A group of 350 migrants was found crammed inside a trailer. And a video of TSA agents allegedly stealing from passengers could leave you feeling squeamish about your next flight. We'll have the details soon when we return. Thanks for staying with us. A group of 350 migrants were discovered crammed inside a trailer in southeast Mexico. They were found at a toll booth by security officers. The officers heard cries and knocking from the back of the unit. Women, men, and minors from Guatemala, Ecuador, Honduras, and El Salvador were on board. The trailer and driver have been handed over to the Attorney General's office. The minors and families found in the trailer will remain under the custody of the local family welfare system. The adults were taken to a migration facility in the state to determine their status in Mexico. Lawyers are saying residents of a Staten Island neighborhood had a 300-person migrant shelter sprung on them. They are seeking a court order to shut the shelter down. They claim it represents an unreasonable public nuisance. The shelter was set up on the premises of a former Catholic school. A court hearing on the matter took place yesterday. The lawyers criticized the shelter's outdoor showers and alleged smell of sewage. The city says it has no clear future date when they plan to close the shelter. Mayor Eric Adams says over 100,000 illegal immigrants have passed through New York City since April 2022. The judge in the case previously issued a temporary restraining order that stopped the city from placing the illegal immigrants at the school site, but that restraining order was then overturned by an appellate court judge. Prosecutors say surveillance footage caught TSA agents stealing red-handed from passengers' luggage. The two agents were working at Miami International Airport. They were arrested in July following an investigation. The video shows them opening luggage and appearing to distract passengers. One of them puts something in his pocket that seems to come from a bag on the security belts. Officials say the two were captured on camera in July, stealing about $600 in cash from passengers. The TSA confirmed the men were removed from their screening duties. Up next, there are several recalls to look out for. The products involved have caused injury and in one case, death. First, more than 50,000 water bead toys sold at Targets are being recalled. That's after one baby died and another was injured. The recall is for Chuckle and Roar Ultimate Water Beads activity kits from Buffalo Games. Affected kits include those sold nationwide, in-store and online, from March to November last year. The Consumer Product Safety Commission says if kids eat the beads, they get bigger in their stomachs. That can cause intestinal obstruction. 
And if you shop at Costco and someone in your house has a gluten sensitivity, we have an important public health warning from the USDA. Kirkland Signature's chicken tortilla soup was mistakenly labeled gluten-free. Costco has already pulled the ready-to-eat soup from warehouse shelves, but if you still have any containers in your fridge, you should return those to Costco. The Food Safety Inspection Service calls it a misbranding issue, not a recall. And if you own an electric bike, there's a recall you should know about. 45,000 e-bikes are being recalled over an issue with the mechanical brakes. The brand is Electric Bikes. The company says the brakes' brake calipers can cause riders to lose control. So far, there have been four reports of riders losing brake power, including two injuries that involved cuts, scrapes, and a broken bone. Electric e-bikes is contracting consu contacting consumers daily. New Englanders are bracing for bad weather this weekend as Hurricane Lee continues to churn off the coast. Up to four inches of rain is predicted from areas of coastal New England up to the Canadian province of Nova Scotia beginning tonight. Along with potential flooding, strong winds could also knock out power lines. The National Hurricane Center says tropical storm conditions, meaning winds of at least 39 miles per hour, are expected to start this afternoon. Maine's governor declared an emergency Thursday, requesting federal funds ahead of the storm's arrival. Lee currently a Category 1 hurricane moved through Bermuda Thursday, leaving many without power. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, please feel free to email us at news.today at ntd.com. Still to come, imposing sanctions against two major U.S. defense contractors. It accuses them of providing weapons to Taiwan. And North Korea's Kim Jong-un toured a Russian fighter jet plant today. His Russia visit causing concerns in the West. More shortly here on NTD News Today. Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, here are some of today's top headlines. The auto workers' strike is underway. It's an unprecedented walkout of three companies at once, GM, Ford, and Stellantis. The union represents 145,000 workers, but just around 12,000 are on strike in three states, Missouri, Michigan, and Ohio. President Biden is once again touting the economy, although a Wall Street Journal poll shows nearly two-thirds of Americans disapprove of it. Biden's been relatively mum on the impeachment inquiry against him and the indictment of his son. TikTok has to pay a $370 million fine in Europe. It's for breaching privacy laws regarding children's personal data in 2020. Chinese Defense Minister Li Shangfu has been placed under investigation by Chinese authorities. The minister has been missing from public view for more than two weeks. Reuters reports that the investigation into Li relates to procurement of military equipment. Eight senior officials from the Chinese military's procurement unit are also under investigation. Li led the unit from 2017 to 2022. The probe into him and the eight officials is being carried out by the military's powerful disciplinary inspection commission. Li was last seen in Beijing on August 29th giving a keynote speech at a security forum with African nations. Earlier this month, he also visited Russia and Belarus. The probe into the minister reportedly started shortly after his return from that trip. 
China said today it will impose sanctions against two major U.S. defense contractors, the sanctions against aerospace and defense firms Northrop Grumman and Lockheed Martin, followed allegations by China the companies were providing weapons to Taiwan. A Chinese foreign minister spokesperson said the U.S. was urged to seize military operations with Taiwan or be subject to what China called a resolute and forceful retaliation. The spokesperson named Lockheed Martin's Missouri branch as a contractor involved in an arms sale to Taiwan last month, adding that Northrop Grumman also repeatedly sold weapons to Taiwan. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un inspected a Russian fighter jet factory that's under Western sanctions. It's part of a visit the U.S. and allies fear could strengthen Russia's military and bolster North Korea's missile program. Here are the details. North Korea's Kim Jong-un has continued his official visit to Russia, stopping on Friday to inspect a fighter jet factory that is under Western sanctions due to the war in Ukraine. In Russia's Far East, a 39-year-old North Korean leader was shown on Russian state television carefully inspecting the cockpit of a fighter jet, as Russian officials explained its capabilities via a translator. Russia has gone out of its way to publicize the visit and drop repeated hints about the prospect of military cooperation with North Korea, which was formed in 1948 with the backing of the Soviet Union. For Putin, he says Russia is locked in an existential battle with the West over Ukraine. Courting Kim allows him to needle Washington and its Asian allies, while potentially securing a supply of artillery for his war in Ukraine. And it could give Kim access to some of Russia's sensitive missile and other technology. Washington has accused North Korea of providing arms to Russia, which has the world's biggest store of nuclear warheads. But it is unclear whether any deliveries have been made. Pyongyang and Moscow have denied that North Korea could supply arms to Russia. U.S. and South Korean officials have called on Moscow to show responsibility as a permanent member of the U.N. Security Council. Russian President Putin today said that Russia would not breach any agreements concerning Korea. Here's him discussing Western fears of military support between the two countries. Создание угроз кому бы то ни было. Мы никому угроз не создаем. Самые большие угрозы, которые в мире сегодня создаются, они создаются сегодняшними правящими элитами. Russia currently backs sanctions against North Korea, but has said repeatedly that it wishes to deepen its relationship with the country. South Korea and the United States have said that any military deals between Putin and Kim would breach UN sanctions against North Korea. Putin also remarked that Korea is Russia's neighbor and that Russia must build good neighborly relations. Britain today officially designated the Russian mercenary group Wagner Group as a, mili- as a terrorist organization after announcing the mo- move last week. That makes it illegal to be a member or support it. Coming up, archaeologists recover the remains of an American airman team uses a remote-controlled sub-sonar technology and sophisticated 3D mapping. And delicate orchids fill the Bogota Botanical Gardens. Enthusiasts and collectors take a trip to see Colombia's International Orchid Fair. We'll take you to see the blossoms here on NTD News. Back to the news. NASA has announced the creation of a new director of research role. It'll focus on unidentified anomalous phenomena, or UAPs, more commonly known as UFOs. 
The U.S. government has made headlines in recent years by releasing videos like this jet fighter footage showing such encounters. After decades of relative silence on the subject, Thursday's announcement of a new UAP director came on the heels of an independent panel at NASA, which recommended that the agency play a larger role in helping the Pentagon detect the things. The panel also said NASA should increase its efforts to gather data on them in general. We will be transparent on this. And we're trying to address the, uh, the question of there's so much uh, concern that there's something locked up, classified, uh, and that the, the American government is not being open. Uh, well, we are the American government, and we are open, and we're going to be open about this. NASA has not publicly named its new UFO chief and asserts that it's partly to avoid online harassment because members of the panel were targeted with trolling and threats. The panel only had access to unclassified military reports and says it wants to increase its use of public data from the likes of airline pilots. It also says it's trying to remove the stigma attached to the subject and witnesses. Speaking of space, a moon lander could be causing moonquakes. The spacecraft was left behind by the U.S. in 1972. Now a study in the Journal of Geophysical Research Planets is drawing attention. The Apollo 17 lunar lander module is sitting a few hundred yards away from instruments recording the small tremors. The analysis offers new insights into the moon's surface and what can affect its seismic activities. The rumbles are not dangerous and likely would be undetectable to humans standing on the surface. Missing in action for 80 years, and now officially accounted for. Years of work to recover the remains of an American airman have finally paid off. NTD's Andrew Thomas reports. 22-year-old U.S. Army Air Forces Sergeant Irving R. Newman died in May 1943. His B-24D Liberator aircraft crashed during a bombing mission over Reggio di Calabria Harbor, Italy. The B-24 was hit by flak over Sicily and uh, developed further engine trouble in, 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 her other, in her other engines. And despite uh, the pilot doing his best to land on Malta, he ended up ditching the plane. Gambin led a team of archaeologists alongside the Defense POW MIA Accounting Agency to analyze the wreck. They found the bomber using an autonomous underwater vehicle, side-scan sonar technology, and sophisticated 3D mapping. You're looking for something that you know could easily be missed you you're you uh, once you start excavating underwater visibility is down to uh, to next to uh, to zero eventually they were able to recover the remains of sergeant newman the armed forces medical examiner system confirmed his identity using mitochondrial dna and dental analysis this 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 Humility and honor drove every single one of us to go beyond the call of duty to do our best to, to, to get this, this boy home. On June 20th, 2023, the DPAA announced that Sergeant Newman has been officially accounted for. The agency continues to look for the remains of Americans missing in action. Andrew Thomas, NTD News.
Orchids of all colors and varieties are on display in Colombia. It's the special 20th edition of the country's orchid exhibit in the capital Bogota, and this year Mexican species are the guests of honor. National and international visitors are flocking to Bogota's botanical garden, marveling at the variety of shapes, colors, and sizes of plants. Over 1,000 plants from different regions of Colombia and Mexico are part of the event, which runs through Sunday. We have over 1,000 plants from different regions of our country and from Mexico. They are available to the general public, collectors, and orchid lovers, so they can enjoy the variety of colors, shapes, and sizes. When I saw the exhibition advertised, I told myself, I'm not missing it. At home, I already have orchids, and I want to take another orchid home. It's unbelievable. It's beautiful. So many different varieties and seeing them in their, um, which orchids come from what place, and it's really nice. The orchid is the national flower of Colombia, and according to the Botanical Garden, the country boasts over 4,200 species, most of any country in the world. Headaches are very common, but you don't have to reach for painkillers. Try these natural remedies instead. Here's NTD's Gina Marie with Strong Mind and Body. Traffic jams, tight schedules, work problems, and family demands. The stresses of everyday life can all give us throbbing headaches from time to time. But popping painkillers isn't the only way to escape the nagging thump. In fact, quite a few home remedies have been proven effective in relieving pain and tension. They will cost you very little. Moreover, they are 100% natural and have zero side effects. The next time your head feels like it might explode, try one or four of the following tips. Number one, massage and constrict. You see that web of skin connecting your forefinger to the base of your thumb? It's a well-known acupressure trigger point that, when stimulated, can ease pain and pressure in the head. In a circular motion, firmly massage it for five to seven minutes, then switch over to the other hand and repeat. Number two, heat and cool. This may sound a little strange, but immerse your feet in a bowl of hot water. Keep them in it for about 15 to 20 minutes. The hot water soak will draw blood to your feet and relieve pressure in your head. If you have a tension headache, a hot pack on the forehead or the back of the neck should help. Number three, try some herbs. Herbs such as ginger and basil make good natural headache remedies. Half a teaspoon of freshly ground ginger stirred into a glass of water should do the trick. If you prefer the basil remedy, add three leaves to one cup of boiled water and sip. Mint works too. Number four, prevention is always best. If you get headaches often, try to identify the triggers. Common ones include dehydration, stress, sleep deprivation, certain foods, alcohol, medication, physical activity, incorrect posture, glare, and noise. Frequent headaches can indicate an underlying disease, so see your healthcare provider if you get them often. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Chris Beers.